As we enter into the last 30 minutes of the show, and of course, this is the book feature, and I've got my guest in front of me, Griffin Shear, owner of Bridge Books, and we are talking all sorts of books today, really from really big stories to very, very wonderful stories for children. And I'm sitting with a book in front of me here, a children's book. So, I mean, it's just so gorgeous the way the colors are coming through and the illustration is wonderful. But let's, I digress. I digress. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. afternoon. You should never put a book in front of me before we talk. But it's only 150 words. So now I'm so interested in the book. I'm not interested in talking and, you know, we're now here. Anywho, (laughs) how are you this afternoon? Fantastic. Thanks. How are you? I'm well, I'm well. So let's talk about what we've been reading. Um, I've read one of the books that we want to talk about, not the other. Nickel Boys was such a gift. So Nickel Boys is the new book from Colson Whitehead. Yes. His last one was The Underground Railroad, which won yes. the Pulitzer Prize. And in that book, just to refresh, it's yeah. imagining that the Underground Railroad, which brought slaves, slaves to freedom in the U.S. before the Civil War, was a literal underground magical railroad. Mm. Um, In this book, The Nickel Boys, it's based on another true historical event, but it's told in a very straight way. So Mm -hmm. it's, I actually find the prose like really parsed and very stripped down. Mm -hmm. And this story I thought was really gutting, you know. It is. It's it's heart-wrenching. It's... um, And it's based on a real school in Florida that was meant to be what we would now call a place of safety Mm -hmm. for juvenile offenders. Mm -hmm. But. 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 A big but. In real life, they found unmarked graves yeah. on the school property, yeah. and it was these stories about these unmarked graves on the school where it was it was a mixed-race school, but it was mostly black children who mm. were beaten to death mm. and then buried, and their cases were never investigated. There was never any justice until the last five years or so when they started digging up these graves. So the story imagines um, a young boy who's kind of got everything going for him. He's feeling inspired. He wants to join the civil rights movement. He's doing all of these cool things. Basically, he ends up wrong place, wrong time, hitchhiking to get to where he's trying to go and ends up at this correctional facility um, and tries to stand up for himself and tries to adhere to his values and tries to continue to see the good in people and gets beaten to death. Mm-hmm. But it follows the story over generation. So mm-hmm. the people who survived mm-hmm. looking forward as to how those traumas live on up into the, well, basically the present day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just thought it was really, really powerful. I mean, Colson's um, gift, I think for me, is just being able to, to dig into archaeology in the way that he does. So bringing life to history and, mm-hmm. and imagining things with people who've got names, who've got feelings, who've got histories and 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 all sorts of complexities relationships and so that the history books really come to life in a sense and i was reading an interview with him where he was being asked like what did you go and visit the the real school in florida and he said no he was reading the work of an investigative journalist at a florida newspaper and he decided as he was doing it he actually couldn't cope with that like it was going to be too much to go and see the real place and he let his imagination take over with the story and how to tell it um which i just thought i to me it's such a different process because the the journalist to me would be like no i'm going to go to the place i'm going to take photos and interview people and but you end up with this really very special magical book 
out of his imagination, inspired by the real events. All right. I'm in conversation with Griffin Shear, who is owner of Bridge Books. We're discussing books, and we've started with Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. It's it's a story that you want to visit and revisit, especially now during the holidays. I mean, you just want to tuck yourself away in a, in a corner. I think it'll get you slightly down. I think it'll get you slightly down, but it's such a reflective book, my goodness. And you do, it's one of those books where you get completely absorbed into mm. it and sucked into the story. Mm. Um, so it's not a lighthearted romp or mm. anything, but I completely enjoyed every minute of it. I thought it was really spectacular. All right. So we'll continue our conversation and we'll let you in as well. What are you reading at the moment? Give us a call if you want to. And uh, we've got two other books to review, so do stay tuned. Here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 106.2 FM in Table Mountain. All right, so I'm in conversation with Griffin Shear and we're discussing books. It's the book feature and we've just been speaking about Nickel Boys. So I'm just trying to see now who should be reading this book. Who would you recommend reading this book, Griffin? I think it's a... I think it's not an a children's book. No, it's not a children's book. So I wouldn't give it to a teenager. No, no, no. no. Um, but it's a book for the history buff. It's mm. also a book for people who. I think people were interested. Yeah, just yeah. people who read the paper every weekend. Yeah. People, yeah. I think it's people who are interested about the world around them. I think it's people who are willing to open themselves up to more. And more insights, um, and I say that really—it's a considered thought that I'm, I'm bringing forward because, you know, sitting here, you often get um, people who are not receptive to something other than what they know, and it's always comforting to go to a space that that is known, a space that's not challenging. People gravitate to that, but I think this book is for someone who's willing to to understand more than what they already know and who's willing to open themselves up to new and to be taught and to to get more insights. Yeah, I agree. It's for, for me, it was also history I didn't know. Mm-hmm. You know, stories that we should know and that we should be aware of, mm. but totally buried in the past. Mm. Yeah, And I mean, I think for me, the reflection on this book is just how much is still uncovered. There is so much of our histories around the world where people's stories and histories are still buried somewhere. Um, and this, this, is, this is why he's so celebrated. I mean, this is, why, this is why we have him as, as the kind of writer that we want to celebrate. So, yeah, Nickel Bowers is the name of the book by Colson Whitehead. Um, okay, now the next book. I haven't read it. Gorilla and the Bird. So... Gorilla and the Bird, it's a, a memoir, yeah. it's, a, it's a true story about um, a mother and son. So the son is the gorilla, mm-hmm. um, it's Zachary McDermott who wrote mm-hmm. the book. They call him Gorilla because he's like me and covered with hair from <laughs> um, And his mother he calls the bird because mm-hmm. she's small and skinny mm-hmm. and she's full of energy and she's always bouncing around. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't call her mom, he calls mm-hmm. her the bird. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically he grew up pretty rough, you know, pretty poor in Kansas, but went to law school, decided to become a public defender in New York, so taking on the cases that no one has money to defend, 
and life's going great until one day he gets arrested because he's been dancing around a water fountain in a park completely <laughs> naked. <laughs> and in the course of getting arrested, he ends up in the same system where he was defending people mm. and gets diagnosed with a really um, extreme case of bipolar disorder. Mm. And so the book goes on to show like how his mother, even as he's an adult, flies in, takes care of him, and kind of pulls him back. And I think what's interesting is... Um, I mean, I have a lot of people in my family who deal with different kinds of mental illness. Mm. And when you read the the nonfiction that's really more medical and how do you deal with it, it's mm. very dry and very hard to mm. approach. Whereas with this, you're reading it from inside of his own mind mm. and seeing how he experiences it. And that even when he gets better and he's taking his meds, that mm. he still relapses mm. and still has these very episodes. manic episodes. And for me, it was really eye-opening both about like the power of that parent-child relationship um, and also what it's like to be in that space where you're not fully in control of your own mind because mm. I think mm. oftentimes for me anyway I like to think oh but I'm strong-willed and I have ideas and I'm independent and therefore and I have some control over destiny. And imagine, just imagine. And if, it's, if that's not the case for mm. people where that's just not true, what is that like and how terrifying is that? Mm. And so it's really interesting to read because he he is trying to promote a TV show. He is trying to sell a show. And his manic episodes are that he's being filmed all the time. That's mm. what he thinks, that he's on camera. And he can't distinguish real life oh. between a TV show. And I think it was just very eye-opening to me how tenuous the boundary between real mm. and imaginary can be. And how terrifying the world must be if you wake up and you're not sure if what you're looking at is really there. Is and for me, it just gave me so much more empathy to what it must be like to deal with mental illness. Because it's not what we see on the outside, yeah. where you witness the manic episode or the depressive episode. Yeah. It's a really very disorienting thing. And it doesn't mean that you're not smart or you're not educated or you're not a wonderful human being who's kind and loving. And, and that even if, you know, the medical world says there is a pill or a tablet to take for this, it's not, it's not all that's there. I mean, it, it doesn't solve all the problems. And what comes through in this book is the, the power of relationships mm -hmm. and that how his mother learns to talk him through his difficult episodes where she really learns how to break down situations for him into the most basic questions mm. and talk him through. So when he starts to spiral, she can sit and say, well, does it matter if you're on TV? What if you weren't on TV? Is this a big problem, a medium problem, or a little problem? Oh. If it's a little problem, don't worry. If it's a big problem, then let's solve it. And how eventually, even though he's in this very difficult space, he does fall in love with a woman who comes to accept that this is going to be his life and her life, and that mm. he still continues to have episodes every now and then, mm. but that their relationship is strong enough to weather that, and she's willing to take that on, and he's willing to accept the help and not freak out about being helped. Which is the other thing, if people need help... They must be willing to accept it and be grateful for the help that's extended, I think, you know. Mm, sounds like Hollywood's calling. <laughs> HBO is making it into a miniseries, so yes, that was very prophetic. <laughs> we should get into agenting and we can <laughs> sell these books to be optioned. Mm, all right. Okay, let's take your calls. What are you reading at the moment? 891 We're going to end off with really a darling of a book, which I think is just being put together by people who love children and who love books. We're going to be talking about that and more after this. Here, there, and...
and everywhere. SAFM 105.6 FM in Tata. Alright, we're in conversation about books. We're discussing books. And uh, if you want to tell me what you're reading, please let us know so that we can all read it together. 891 We've discussed two books, Gorilla and the Bird. And we've also discussed by who, by the way? By Zachary McDermott. Okay. And then we also discussed a favorite of mine, Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead, which I so recommend, really, really recommend. It's, it's an intense book, but my goodness, what a journey it's going to take you on. Okay, and then we've got now the baby in the room, the love child. Um, the first story ever told. This is a, a kitty's book. Yes. A kitty's gorgeous illustrated book. And it's a Bridge Books. It's a Bridge Books book. So this is the second book that we've published at Bridge Books. Mm-hmm. And the first one that's more original, I guess. The last one was a reprint of Marcus <laughs> Garvey. But what we're trying to do is identify old stories that have been lost or aren't very well known. Yeah. And making them more interesting for modern kids. Yeah. Um, so I mean, by way of just repainting the pages, it looks to me very modern, very new. Yeah, and stripping down the text so that the the pictures are really pushing the story forward. Yep. And the illustrator did such a fantastic job, I think, in yep. creating that narrative flow through images. Yeah. And I would like to think that the words are easy enough that a young reader can get through most of it. Yeah, so this is perhaps a first 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 type book read. First type book read. Illustrator is here, by the way. Yes. Hello, we've everyone. Got, we've got, hello. <laughs> Ilse Rasmus is here. It's gorgeous. Ilse, it's, it's so cute in the sense that you've done, you've you've brought love to the pages, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. So there are little things that you've done to some of the characters and the faces, for instance, like the little detail. Oh, They've got little flowers in their faces. <laughs> I, have my, I have a wonderful um, uh, partner in crime to yes. thank for all of these lovely details. Yes. Kayla Chrivia has been a wonderful supporting oh, illustrator yes. and colorist as well. These wonderful little tattoos, they mm. are just so magnificent. I mean, that for me just speaks to the detail and what's modern about the book. Um, and obviously the colors are just so amazing. What were you looking to do, um, Ilsa, when you, were, when you were given this project? I was trying to make a story that can tell itself almost completely by the pictures and mm. I was trying to incorporate a lot of different noticeable South African things and noticeable textures. Most of the book has been hand generated. I was also helped by a friend of mine, um, John Real, who is an absolute wizard at research and textiles, and he's had a had a very good hand in this book as well. Mm. And just something bright and beautiful. And it's a traditional story that includes things like mermaids, which I think it's a way to show that not all the mermaids are aerial. And yes. Although the new Ariel is black now in the live action Yes. Movie, I mean, so. we're still trying to buy into that. Yeah. <laughs> but this this doesn't feel like it's um, plastered over. No. That's the difference. The difference is that it doesn't feel like it's been forced upon us to, to adapt Ariel from what we know Ariel to be to being this. This feels very authentic. And Thank I think you. that's that's kind of the idea here. And I think for our first picture book, and I, I think what we both really enjoy is that the mother takes the lead here. Mm-hmm. She's the one who goes out into the world. She leaves husband taking care of the children mm. while she goes off having the adventure. 
And then she meets another woman, mm-hmm. the Mermaid Queen, who can help her with the stories and help her solve the adventure. And those stories are also undertold, where women are taking the lead. Mm. They're not doing the Mulan thing, where yes. it's like, we're the main characters, we're learning to fight and have spears and things like mm. that. But having the adventure and saving the family. Mm. I love also the animals incorporation of the story. Thank you. Um, you know, the elephants are very present. Um, and some of the, end of the I mean, there are, there are a lot of animals here are taking uh, nice big roles. Rapids and, elef- and, and elephants and so on. So this is interesting because, um, as I said, this could be what first time reader kind of book. First, first time reader. First time reader kind of book. But what I like is that the illustrations are so beautiful yeah. that I think as a gift to an adult, it's something you put out yeah. and an adult will love yeah. to pick, go through because yeah. the pictures actually they're really stunning images. Okay, so is the book ready? The book is at the printer now, so yes. we're taking pre-orders on our website at yes. bridgebooks.coza, yeah. and in two weeks we'll start shipping them out. Okay, so we are looking to talk about, is there going to be a reading? So we are aiming for November 30th yep. in the new Bridge Bookshop, which is in the Rand Club building yep. at Commissioner and Loveday. Yeah. And doing with this is free, folks. So this is something that a free event. Can, yes, yeah. this is not a sales pitch. So you know you can just kind of come and enjoy bring the children. And we have a gorgeous storyteller by Letsi Tsatsi who mm. does a much longer version of this story, yes. which is interactive and fun and really amazing to experience. Um, and it's a chance to come and visit the new building and also to see inside the club, which can feel a little bit sealed off to the world, mm. but is full of really cool and interesting treasures inside yeah. too. All right, guys, thank you so much for coming through Illustrated by Ilsa Erasmus. Thank you. It's gorgeous. Thank you very much. And Griffin, we'll speak to you soon again. Thanks, Pamela. I appreciate it.